You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I'm Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today we are covering The Face on the Milk Carton by Carolyn B. Cooney. <sighs> Cuties. <laughs> I had very vivid memories of loving this book. And when we said we were covering this book, so many of you were thrilled, ecstatic even. And I'm here to sadly report you have false memories of this book. <laughs> this was very long. Yeah. It was a chore to get through. It was a fucking chore. And I made the mistake, I had audible credits. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be driving a lot this week. It's the start of school. I'm doing drop-off, pick-up, all those things. I'll listen to this book. <laughs> it made it so much worse. I do have to admit that the last 20% of this book, I did start reading it the way I read things when I <laughs> don't like things. And that is like a play, which means dialogue only. Well, I think that that's part of the problem is the writing style of Miss Carolyn. It was like a seventh grader who has just learned about similes and metaphors mm. and is now making every single sentence like twice as long. I wrote down the most egregious that like popped out <laughs> at me. Chapter one, I was like, oh, we are in for a doozy. So the main character is talking about the weight of, you know, learning that she might have been kidnapped. Yeah. And this author describes it as she felt curiously heavy, like the difference between whole milk and skim. It's mm. like, OK, number one, <laughs> enough with the milk, enough with the dairy. We get it. Stop it. So much But dairy. that's like a perfect example of like this book could have been half as long. I agree. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. Also, speaking of shut the fuck up, <laughs> the person who recorded the mm. Audible book experience truly has the most annoying voice I've ever heard in my entire life. Trixie Mattel on her podcast, The Bald and the Beautiful, coined this type of speech dialect as crispy R's. <laughs> I just want to play a passage for the cuties. <laughs> I was in the kitchen adding six eggs to the batter, and the beaters were whirling. There is no need for that sound to be placed in whir a whirling, a whirling. It's like, shut up. Oh, my God. Like, how do you get into the voice business? Like, she needs to get some continuing education credit hours or something. Truly, Audible needs to rip that check away. And I know I'm saying this as somebody with a snotty nose as we speak. I know that my voice is not exactly tickling the eardrums in pleasure right now, but certainly I'm not her. <laughs> no, certainly not. So let's get into it. Okay. The book was published in 1990. So some things that were going on during that time was Ghost was the number one movie. Smoking was banned across all cross-country flights in the United States. Wow. Nickelodeon and Universal Studios opened in Florida. And it was officially the end of the Cold War. Congratulations. <laughs> None of those things speak to me. So we don't need to deep dive into like the end of the Cold War or anything like that. But since this book does primarily feature faces on milk cartons let's talk about that that was a moment <laughs> what an insane premise it has to be said our society in the 90s was obsessed with two things number one milk mm -hmm. we loved milk we loved a milk mustache we were always afraid our bones were going to crumble and dissolve into dust <laughs> number two we were obsessed with terrible things happening to cute white blonde children 
And so this really just put it together, all of our interests in one nice breakfast location. But what's crazy to me is, was this just not really about finding the children? Was it about like scaring other kids into not getting abducted? Because it was always the school lunch cartons. What am I as a sixth grader going to do with this information? It's not like dad is at the office chugging a nice chocolate milk with his lunch although maybe he was again we loved milk in the 90s (laughs) but actually that was part of the reason why they ended up stopping the program is a lot of pediatricians came forward including dr benjamin spock who's like well-renowned wait he's real yeah uh, yeah spock is a star trek person but there is also another dr spock yeah he's like very well-renowned in the child psychology industry had no idea the more you know but yeah Yeah. basically he came forward and he was like hey guys um this is emotionally harmful kids are seeing this every morning and every afternoon like maybe we can stop scaring them about stranger danger wow they also used to love posting missing children posters in the grocery store Mm. on that bulletin board by the entrance and exit usually right by the other bulletin board that housed like winners of the coloring contest that month it was like (laughs) here are the kids that colored a pumpkin and then next to it are missing after they were done Our society is still obsessed with this premise. Yeah. And it's this double-edged sword because obviously human trafficking is legit an issue in this country, but it's also been like co-opted by a certain demographic of people who are like, we will care about this issue so we don't have to care about any other issue. So my favorite thing to do to a particular aunt who is all about the save the children, boycott mm. Wayfair, etc. is anytime she brings it up to me, I'm like, I know it's such a problem, especially because black and brown children in this country and trans women, they are disproportionately affected by human trafficking. We really like need to do something about this. And I just watch her shut off like a little robot, like, go fuck yourself, lady, <laughs> you know? This yeah. audible situation has really gotten me in a tizzy. I'm ready to rant today. No, I like it. So a little background information. This book was written by Carolyn B. Cooney in 1990 and was the first, this made my stomach turn, in a five-book series. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if she just stopped comparing things to milk, all five books could have fit in one single novel. Yeah, I think I'm just going to check out the made-for-TV movie instead. It was made in 1995, starring Kelly Martin of Life Goes On and ER fame, and then like two women playing the moms that I recognize, but not enough to put their names in my notes. So Caroline has written more than 75 books, ranging from horror and suspense to romance and time travel. And this book in particular has sold 4.2 million copies. And between 1990 to 1999 was the 79th most challenged book in terms of like parents trying to get it removed from schools and then between 2000 and 2009 it was the 29th most challenged book i mean i don't find it particularly offensive parents didn't like the cult aspect of it and she wanted to have sex 
get over it. They're like, oh, violence and kidnapping and trauma. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. But how dare you talk about premarital teenage sex? Yeah, put that on their drink at lunch, but keep the penis out of it. <laughs> now, I will say, I do think there's a direct pipeline from the kids that read this book and were obsessed with this book to now how many true crime podcasts there are, because we're going to talk a lot of shit about this book. But I think had I read it back then, it would have seemed really new and fresh and novel and all the things. And actually, like, this is the type of adult book that I really enjoy. The difference is, again, we have to acknowledge this is meant for kids. But also, it just, like, really the pacing could have been fixed. Well, yeah, when it's made for kids, it should be, like, easier to get through, not harder. (laughs) Which is why I just had to start reading dialogue only. I was like, reading the real words isn't getting me anywhere. Let me make it up. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we should be admitting that we're not reading the books we're covering. Well, maybe authors will go on strike and then we're just doing it ahead of time. We're not reading this. We're not reading this. The twist of this podcast is we're going to end up pro- banning books we're going to be coming out with our own banned book list by the end we're like this one was too hard meant for sixth graders i can't do it but i do agree it was pretty tedious to get through well thank you we can put the part about me not reading it in the or i don't care no. put it on the main feed i'm not ashamed we're open we're honest we're being vulnerable yeah i read the last two the two meant for first graders <laughs> i got through it's just this one for sixth graders is a little tough for me so what you're saying is we're not quite ready for the giver oh <laughs> uh, maybe not not yet so what character if any do you identify as i hate this answer and i hate this <laughs> about myself but i do think that i am Janie. I often am self-absorbed, wrapped up in my own issues, and I do things all the time that later have natural consequences that I am completely taken aback by. (laughs) I do things that have a natural conclusion of my actions, and without fail, I'm like, oh, whoa, didn't see that coming. Okay, when you say it like that, maybe I'm her too, but (laughs) I (laughs) I did not say that. I said I am... Reeve because I am very horny and I didn't apply myself in school but somehow I was still at the honors assembly. So what you're saying is you and I are going to almost fuck in a motel at some point. (laughs) Okay so now for the back of the book let me just read it to you. No one ever really paid close attention to the faces of the missing children on the milk cartons but as Jamie Johnson glanced at the face of the ordinary little girl, hair and tight pigtails a dress with a narrow white collar a three-year-old who had been kidnapped 12 years before from a shopping mall in New Jersey. She felt overcome with shock. She recognized this little girl. It was herself. How could it possibly be true? Janie can't believe that her loving parents kidnapped her, but as she begins to piece things together, nothing makes sense. Something is terribly wrong. Are Mr. and Mrs. Johnson really Janie's parents? And if not, who is Janie Johnson? And what really happened? There's no way me reading that is less than a minute. Yeah, we need to make some edits here. (laughs) And again, it's not so much how many words, it's just how many words say so little. Right. And I think that's the problem with the book because so much is just her thoughts. So like, yes, I can spiral about like, oh, my husband doesn't love me because he didn't put the toilet seat down. But no one reads a book about that. 
would rather read your thoughts about that than her for the tenth time talking about her frilly socks and spinning around on that ice cream stool. Like, get some new material, Janie. Get some new memories. That's, that's very true. Caroline, the author, needs to do. I get the most all over the place convoluted Instagram targeted ads. I always have low from Laguna Beach talking about her itchy vagina. Ah. It's always so close to her face. And she's like, hey, gals, what about our itchy vaginas? We got a lot of yeast up there. Take these ah. supplements. Like, nobody rides harder for healthy vaginas than low from the hills. Huh. But also, I have this one that's like, learn how to edit your words better. And I'm like, yeah, that's my NSA agent being like, please, bitch, I can't deal with the typos in your stories. <laughs> but I want to send that. I want to send a care package to this author. Be like, here, I signed you up for a course. Let's delete some words. Please. Or just chapters. Just full chapters at a time. Uh-huh. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So our story begins with a lot. (laughs) In the first chapter alone, we learn redheaded Janie Johnson has changed her name more times than Karen Crystal Brewer and is settled currently on Jane with two eyes, Johnstone. The boys in her class serenade her like a lost episode of Glee. She's lactose intolerant. She wants to name her future children Denim and Lace. I can't. (laughs) And when she sees her childhood photo on a milk carton, she has a strong feeling that she is a victim of kidnapping. I mean, what a first chapter. What a first chapter. (laughs) This girl is going through it. Okay, a couple things. I don't understand a lot about Janie, but I do get the fascination with names. I love naming people. I wouldn't say Dr. Bald's boy names were as bad as Denim and Lace, but like we were very aligned on our girl names. Thank God we ended up with two girls because Mm -mm. the boy names were bad. Oh, no. For example, Thaddeus, Uh Thatcher. Angus. Oh, wow. I'm like, you are just asking for our son to be called Anus on the playground. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I do like Thatcher. That was definitely the best one of the bunch. <laughs> Every time he came to me with a boy name, I was like, I'm questioning having children with you. <laughs> I think I've made a horrible mistake. Quinn was equally as bad, thank God we don't have kids at all, about naming boys. This one actually grew on me. I think I'm just broken down so much that now I'll accept anything. Woods. <laughs> so that one, Stuyvesant. What? <laughs> <laughs> That name just kept going. Yeah, I know. Every time I thought that name was over, you kept adding syllables. Stuyvesant? Yeah. Is that a family name? No. Well, someone's family's name. It's a street in Brooklyn. <laughs> so so that's why I said no. Meanwhile, the girls' names I were picking were just like... Leah Michelle. Yeah, basically. I was like, Spencer. This is when I was watching Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> and we came to a... Uh, compromise that word is so little ingrained in me because it's not a thing i do that i forgot the word for compromise (laughs) we came to a compromise that spencer could be the girl name if he could pick the boy name so spencer and stuyvestant (laughs) little stuyvestant jesus wow so yeah, okay. that's denim and lace for you. Okay, I'm so sorry. I do have one more thing to say about chapter one. I think the most realistic part about this book is Janie's obsession with milk. Because <laughs> I don't want to stereotype, but sometimes stereotypes are built on <laughs> facts, right? Mm-hmm. 
Lactose intolerant people are obsessed with dairy. <clears throat> I don't want to get too controversial, but I do have a hot take about lactose intolerant people. I mm. have never met a more stubborn, determined group of people. Lactose intolerant people could take over the world if they wanted. <laughs> like the fact that this group of people just accepts shitting their pants is a real possibility because they <laughs> want pizza. I love this about them. That is just some like can do attitude. That's some willpower. And I think it's pretty remarkable. So Janie spending the first, I don't know, three chapters of this book just flicking her bean to 2%. Honestly, like <laughs> it tracked for me. Yeah, there's no reason she should have even seen this picture on the milk carton of herself because she shouldn't be drinking it. I didn't understand, like, is she actually lactose intolerant? Because for all of the description of her dad pulling her hair for the 20th time, <laughs> we got no mention of her like having to fly into the bathroom in seventh period after chugging that milk. Mm. I needed her having like terrible stomach pains and farting in Reeves' car to thread that needle. Uh-huh. Maybe we get that in book three. <laughs> she shits herself when they have sex for the first time. Oh, no. So my friend, and this was when I was in college, so when I say she ran away from home, she like just needed a weekend away. She moved out. <laughs> yeah, no. She spur the moment during summer. She's like, can I come stay with you for a weekend? I need to get away from my parents. I like basically was running away from home but when you're 21 you don't need to call it that right so she did and she came over but my dad being the little prankster that he is printed her photo from facebook and put it on our milk carton so that when she got to the house and reached in our refrigerator there her face was on the milk carton that's pretty fucking funny <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I don't know if he's genuinely funny or just like a terror to everyone on this earth. Mm. So I'm glad you said this is funny. I mean, I was afraid that he was going to do lick attack time or something to her. That little prankster. <laughs> so I want to know, if you kidnapped a child, would you change more than one letter in their name? Because Jenny to Janie is a gamble. And quite frankly, a risk I would not be willing to make. I guess if you're going to brainwash a child into thinking they have a different name, that's a good move because you can mm. call them Jenny, Jenny, Janie. Okay. And over the months, all of a sudden, you're Janie. If I kidnap this girl, I would call her Latifa Monroe because then <laughs> if she... If she, like, looks at the milk carton, she's not like, oh, my God, Jenny, Janie. She's like, oh, no, I'm Latifa. That doesn't make sense. Well, also, like, talk about lack of imagination. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make her last name Doe. You're literally going to name her Jane. Oh, my God. Wow. What do you call a boy? John Smith, right? John Smith? Really? I think so. But John Smith is a guy from Pocahontas. That's what so I was going to say. He's the one that committed genocide. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Hold on. Let me look. Which, while Chelsea's Googling, I'll go on a tangent of my own. Clearly, John Smith was not the one to pick here romantically in Pocahontas because she didn't. That was <laughs> that was just genocide at its finest. But I think Pocahontas, the clear winner, was Cocoa with the paw prints on his titties. Mm. So, so hot. <laughs> It's John Doe. Oh, okay. And also that Google Chrome extension is still my Google background. <laughs> so I do fear that something is amiss. Cuties, I downloaded a Google Chrome extension to be able to like import our Instagram lives to put them on Patreon. And I fear there is a virus happening. So if we don't have episode, no, we're not even going to say no, it. No, cancel is... clear. Mercury is, yeah. you know what, right now. <laughs> also, I think my identity is going to be stolen. Why? Well, I made an oopsie kitty. 
So you know my history. At my old job, I had to go to Clickers Anonymous because they would send out the spam, like trying to trick you to show you that like you shouldn't click on spam links and enter your information. And without fail, I was always entering everything, social security, home address, birthday, mother's maiden name, because I was like, oh shit, my paycheck's not going to go through. I got to fix this. And it got to the point that I had a personal call from the IT department that was like, we have to send you to Clickers Anonymous because you are a liability to our company. (gasps) So I thought I had learned my lesson because I had graduated twice from Clickers Anonymous because I did have to go back and take it again. Uh But recently I was trying to do the right thing and I was trying to get ahead of my taxes and I was trying to pay my estimated taxes. Mm. So I did it. I signed up. I put in all my information and then I woke up in the middle of the night last night in a cold sweat because I realized they did things like they made me take a selfie and send (laughs) it. To them, and I don't think you need to do that. Wait, was it .gov that you did it at? That's what Dr. Bald asked me, and I can't remember. And then I went into my email because they said they were going to send me a confirmation email, and there is no confirmation my email. God, <laughs> that was a lot. Sorry. Also, you getting doxxed before is suddenly making sense now that you just give your information to anyone that asks. Yeah, but that was birth chart related. That okay. was an astrology <laughs> inception. She had a reason to give her address. <laughs> I had to give my location. My time of birth and my full government name. It's okay. totally normal. Wanted to know my horoscope. With Jenny Spring at the front of her mind, Janie begins being triggered by Raven Simone visions of eating ice cream with a woman she has no memory of, tiny white shoes kitchen she doesn't recognize, shopping with the twins, whoever they are, and of eating hard candies out of that woman's apron. So this is truly not important, but most of this book isn't. So before we move on, I do want to know, where do you stand with hard candy? Um, Careful. Oh. (laughs) Why don't you give your answer first so I know how to answer? Okay, I love a Werther's original. Ugh. In the gold wrapper? Are you 89 years old? I love a grandma candy. Werther's original and the strawberry candies are so good. Maybe I just haven't had one that was made after 1987. (laughs) Because in my experience, anytime you unwrap it, the level of stickiness and dissolving that's taking place (laughs) is just like texturally i can't get behind next time i visit you which is like two weeks away i'll bring some where there's originals <laughs> no thank you <laughs> i'll pass okay moving on jamie has no one to talk to about this just like me and my love of hard candy apparently <laughs> her friends think it's a joke when she first notices the picture on the milk carton and she can't tell her parents because they're child abductors so holding on to her secret is enough to make her sick However, her neighbor's mom always takes care of her when she's sick, so thank God for her. A lot of weird neighbor dynamics happening here. Yeah. My mom made me, and I think she was trying to Janie Johnson me and give me a fake childhood, because she makes me soft-boiled eggs when I'm sick. Ew! (laughs) No, it's very good. It's very good. And, like, now I demand it. However... As an adult, whenever I would post on Facebook or whatever that I was sick, she was like, oh, I wish I could make my baby some soft-boiled eggs, whatever. But she didn't do that growing up. Like, this was the thing she started when I was, like, sick in my 20s at some point. And now she makes it seem like this was the thing when I was a child. That's weirder. <laughs> That's weirder that she 
in your 20s decided, you know what will make him feel better? <laughs> Soft boiled eggs. I can't think of a less appetizing meal to eat when I'm feeling sick than soft boiled eggs. And I'm not against eggs. I like eggs. I think that is so fucking foul. Well, no, here's why. So <laughs> if you have like a stomach ache and you need to take something in and you don't want it to be soup, you still need it to be like light. So it would be like two pieces of toast and then soft boiled eggs and then you like mix it together kind of. So it's just like a porridge consistency. It's very good. And now when I'm sick, I make Quinn make it for me. I mean, I don't dislike soft boiled eggs. I just don't think there's any type of sickness that I have where I would think, you know what I want right now? Egg yolk everywhere. (laughs) When I was really sick, when I was pregnant both times, I had terrible morning sickness, which can we just ban morning sickness as the title? It should be all the time, every day, every waking Mm. moment sickness. My pregnancy cravings were really sour things. So with my first, we called her Patches when I was pregnant with her because all I could eat for the first three months of pregnancy were Sour Patch Kids. Oh my God. That was the only thing I could keep down. And then for my second daughter, I had Dr. Bald cut me a lemon Mm. and I would just sit there and eat it like an orange. But then I found out that sour foods are like a natural anti-nausea I did know that because you know I get nauseous often not nauseous so much as gaggy Hmm. whenever I make Dr. Bald take care of me when I'm sick he's never worried about me when I am being the most dramatic person alive like I'm the first person in the history of the world to be sick Mm -hmm. but he worries about me when I stop complaining because then he's like oh we're in trouble now because when I'm just like I don't feel well and I just like go to sleep he's like "Uh uh-oh like she's not bitching and complaining and making me do shit I need to take her to the doctor I get very apologetic and guilty when I'm sick. Like, and I say sorry. Even if I ask you to get me orange juice from the refrigerator and it's literally 10 steps away. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Chelsea. I'm sorry. Like that. (laughs) It's pathetic. Also pathetic is that Janie had no one to talk to about this. (laughs) Would you tell me if you thought you were abducted? I think you would definitely be on my list of people that I would tell. I'm afraid for me there would be no list. And I would just openly say it on the podcast. But like at the same time not tell my parents that I think they did it. But then put it out to the world that I think they did it. I mean that tracks. We both have said a lot (laughs) that we shouldn't say publicly that the people that we're talking about don't know about. But that's okay because my mom doesn't know what a podcast is so she'll never find out I think this <laughs> also for the Patreon cuties when Chelsea was talking about what she was just talking about right now I caught a fly with my bare hands so for, for $20 a month you can see me living my best bear grills life is that his name who's that guy naked and afraid <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that it is September already. Donnie is just moments away from putting on his Lenny Kravitz scarf and school is back in session. We are one week into the school year and I have already lost total and complete control of my house. But one thing that I don't have to worry about losing control over is meal prepping. Because with the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. 
too busy this fall to cook. Or maybe you're like me and cooking is just not one of your strong suits. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting in the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back to crushing your goals or fighting your six-year-old to put on her shoes before the bus leaves her. So head to factormeals.com slash cute150 and use code cute150 to get 50% off. That's that's code cute150 at factormeals.com slash cute150 to get 50% off. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. While both of her parents are out, Janie comes to a realization for the first time in her 15 years, there are no baby pictures in her home. And personally, I think this is something I would have recognized because... I'm obsessed with myself. So, with a school field trip and an upcoming driver's test as an excuse, she asks her mother for her birth certificate, and she gives her every excuse in the book as to why she can't give her this. So, Janie does some exploring on her own, and in the attic, she finds a locked trunk with paperwork belonging to Hannah and the polka dot dress from the milk carton. Show us the birth certificate, Obama. (laughs) Two things. One, I thought... 
the parents killed Hannah. And I thought later in the book we would find a trunk with her body in it. I was so excited. Uh (laughs) And then didn't happen. No. And then two, when you think of like a childhood photo of you, what comes to your head? Um, I mean... My mom was like Janie's parents where like there are so many pictures, so many photo albums, Mm. which side note, like Janie's parents could have done better. If you don't have pictures before the age of five, even if you're obsessed with her, you don't need there to be a gallery wall of just pictures of her because that draws attention to it. You could have been like, oh, you know what? We're just not like a picture type of family. You know, that's true, especially if they're like on the run or whatever. You would think you would want as little documentation as possible, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) The one that comes to mind the most of like where I can like viscerally remember that photo being taken. We took family portraits when I was maybe like six or seven and I got like violently ill afterwards. Uh, But the pictures are really cute. The like. One I remember taking was a family portrait thing with my grandparents and then both sets of their kids and cousins. Yeah. So, like, we went to Olin Mills for, like, a 12-person photo shoot. But I was, like, 12 or 13 when that one was taken. So, younger, I don't remember taking a picture. But if I think of a picture of me as a child, it's a picture of me and my mom. (laughs) I, you know what, whenever in the outline there is a super specific question like this where I'm like, wow, what a weird question. I should have known. I should have fucking known. Shame on me at this point for not seeing this trap that I'm walking into. Okay, just do it already. Tell me the story. It's a picture of me and my mom on a rowboat sharing a pickle like Lady in the Tramp. Is this picture displayed in your house, Donnie? <laughs> no, which makes it weirder. Like, it's not a picture I see often, but you don't need to see a picture like that often. Once you see it, once you see it, once is enough. How old are you? She was holding me like that. That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> I'm so bad with kids' ages. Okay, were you, like, younger than middle school? Yeah, like, I would say three to five. Okay. I don't know if that makes it better or worse, to be honest. (laughs) Anyway, back to Janie. Janie tries to repress it, but as expected, she can't. And she's a frigid bitch to her parents for a few days until she snaps and demands answers. For me, I needed it to be like a true psychological thriller where like she's fearful of her parents at some point. Or like she's starting to notice the warning signs like, oh my God, it's kind of weird that my dad coaches a girl's soccer team I'm not a part of. It is weird. I'm going to say it. Like, it's weird he's coaching an elementary age soccer team that she's not on. Like, I wish that it was more of like a, I think my parents actually did it. And now I'm seeing the warning signs that they could be like terrible humans. Mm -hmm. But because the whole time she was just like kind of pissed at them for not telling her, I was like, well, I guess her parents kidnapped her and that's okay because she loves them. I I really thought Hannah's body was going to be in the attic. She comes back as a ghost and like saves her like the sixth sense, like Misha Barton throwing up under that bed. Like she's like, get away (laughs) while you can. Once you turn Uh, 16, they kill you. See, I don't really think about ghosts. So you took it to a place (laughs) where my mind wasn't. I like to be, you know, focus on stay in reality. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. My bad. I won't yes Angie next time. (laughs) I can't rewrite perfection. <laughs> You're right. So, 
Jamie's parents explained they really are her grandparents and Hannah was their daughter. And she was a weird little girl obsessed with morals and God. So when she was a teenager, she joined a cult, naturally. And while she was there, she was married off to another cult member and had the baby. And when the baby was three, she dropped her off with the grandparents so she could have a normal life. And then Hannah returned to the cult. And at this point, I didn't believe this story fully. Also, the way that they told her was like, okay, well, we've been wondering when this conversation was going to happen, so let's tell you. And then they're like, all right, let's go have pizza. Yeah. And it was just so clunky and weird. They didn't really allow for follow-up questions. They were kind right. of like, well, you're our do-over. Our first daughter didn't go well, so we're doing it now with you. Do you know about the Hare Krishna religion slash cult? I've heard of it before, but I didn't research by any means. Well, you know, I love cults. Cults, yeah. This one, it's odd how it was presented because it is a little bit more nuanced compared to other cults because it is based in Hinduism. Now, one of its leaders was eventually arrested for like racketeering and murder. Uh. And there was also, as in most religions, there was like a lot of systemic child abuse happening Mm. that was covered up, etc. But this is the religion slash cult that was connected to the deprogramming. So there was this guy, Ted Patrick, who was accused and kind of like rightfully so at times of kidnapping people from cults back to their families. Like he would be hired by people's families to go into cults and get them out. But the way he would deprogram them was sometimes like super inhumane and brutal, basically to like reverse brainwashing Mm. and so there's a lot of controversy surrounding that it's fascinating to listen to and if you go on youtube and google ted patrick you can hear him talking about like his methods and basically (laughs) people like Janie's parents were just so desperate to have their kids back that they're like yeah like go kidnap them abuse them and deprogram them so we can have our children back and then they were like weird i wonder why my kid is so resentful of me (laughs) You know I hate real stuff. I only like scripted Sorry. stuff. But I'm no, no, no. First of all, two things. One, I love when other people are interested in real stuff because I do like seeing them passionate about it. So even if there wasn't more to what I was going to say, I still like to listen to you talk Thank about you. it. You're welcome. And number two, I think you just sold it. Like I might dabble in it on YouTube. How long I'll last, I don't know. But at least you sold it enough for me to try it out well it's that's not a documentary because it's literally just like him on talk shows talking about it. oh okay i can do it like there is a documentary but like i'm not gonna send you there i know your feelings (laughs) on documentaries so i thought that story was bullshit and Janie did too because their story doesn't match the memory she has so she forms the hypothesis that hannah left them as she said but because of that they stole a baby from a mall Okay, so Jamie rebels for the first time in her life and makes her next door neighbor slash best friend slash maybe boyfriend Reeve skip school with her and drive her to New Jersey. And these two students are people who just a day before were rewarded at the school's honor brunch and now they're skipping school. I would never. Okay. This honors brunch, this is when I texted you and said, I can't take these fucking nerds. Now, again, part of it was the way in which this woman was reading what they were saying to each other. But I think the problem is the dialogue, like the way that they talk to each other is not how kids speak to each other. And it was very much like Steve Buscemi being like, hello, fellow (laughs) kids. What were your thoughts on Reed? Um, 
I Okay, so in Forever, we talked about how Michael was depicted as like that slow burn of a high school boyfriend trying to get you to blow him. Uh But it wasn't believable because he was so cheesy and like inherently unsexy. Reeves' character was a better way of showing, yeah, like Janie's crying because she has immense childhood trauma and repressed memories. And he's like, but we could go to a hotel. I understood why she was attracted to him. I understood why she wanted to spend time with him. Like I liked him as her co-pilot and partner. Now, I will say there was one misstep. Uh-huh. Their first kiss is literally in a pile of leaves. <laughs> I reject that on a visceral spiritual level. There are snakes. There are spiders. Fuck no. Snakes? In your backyard? In a pile of leaves? They like to burrow in there. You never go jumping in leaves, Donnie. I've jumped in plenty of leaves and never found any snakes. Did you live in the desert? No, but they're like garden snakes. I've never saw a snake in my house. One time a baby copperhead broke into Uh, my house in college. (laughs) Oh my God. Copperheads are poisonous? Very poisonous. And babies don't know how to release their venom. I woke up and my dog was like jumping around. This is when she was a sprite little thing. She's an old girl now. Can't see her here. But back in the day, her senses were sharp. Woke up in the middle of the night. She was bouncing around. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, Lonnie? Oh, my I lived God. in a one-room loft in grad school. I was doing long distance from Dr. Bald. My bed was literally just a mattress on, like, a box spring on the floor. And the snake had been trying to climb up into my bed. Uh, and I called Dr. Bald. It was 3 a.m. I was like, there's a snake. He's like, what do you want me to do about it? So I opened my door, and I kind of, like, shoot it out with a broom. But it was because there was, like, a really big gap under my door that I just started putting a towel in front of from that point on. God. Yeah. I couldn't tell if I liked Reeve or not because I couldn't find where he was described physically. Again, a problem that yeah. we know that he's jealous of his siblings. We know that he pretends not to be smart. Like so many points belabored, but like what color hair does he have? Does he have abs? No, no one, one knows. knows. He could have braces for all we know. <laughs> So the two stop at an IHOP in New Jersey. And I don't blame them for this because I would travel two hours to go to IHOP as well. And then when they're there, they look in the phone book for the Spring family and learn they're only two miles from their house, which they ask the guy at the gas station how to get to this address. And he's like, oh, you're a long way from there, baby. Take this road for two miles. (laughs) You see that we have a car. That is not far. Two miles. It's like... A blink. I, I dream of Jeannie blink. It couldn't be closer, actually. You could actually literally walk in less than an hour, yeah. probably. <laughs> right. So when they get to the house, they learn the scariest thing of all in this book. Donnie. The Spring family is full of redheads, just like Janie. Dun, dun, dun. So, of course, Janie's parents, when she gets home, think the worst that she was missing for a few hours. So then she spends the next few days overcompensating, calling them to let them know she did not run away. But the overcompensating doesn't do the trick because Janie's mom arranges for the family to go to therapy. My mom made me go to therapy once when I was 13 because I was a terrorist. (laughs) A domestic terrorist that was holding my family captive with my mood swings. And I ended up manipulating my therapist. So I only went to one session. And, you know, that's the session of like getting to know you and rapport building and all of that stuff. And I don't remember specifics. I do remember going in and thinking to myself, I am going to lie to this woman 
I'm going <laughs> to not say a single true thing. And I got out of the therapist's office and my mom gets called in and my mom leaves like 20 minutes later seething. She's like, let's go. And apparently the therapist <laughs> told her, you have a really well-adjusted kid. I think you should just like spend some time with her. Maybe take her shopping, get her some <laughs> new clothes. And my mom was like, fuck this. And that actually might be the last time that my mom believed in therapy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. For a while now, I've thought that my therapist and I weren't a good match. She's a very nice woman. However, I think that she just like, praises me too much and I need someone to like challenge me and I feel like she never tries to connect dots which I understand is my job as the client but like in a way where she's not even helping like everything she says is just like yeah that must have been hard for you I understand that must have been hard for you so for a while I've been like I think I need to get rid of her so the last two weeks I was busy couldn't do a session this week I just didn't feel like going so I forgot to tell her I wasn't going. Then she emailed me yesterday and said, hey, checking in that we were supposed to meet 15 minutes ago. I didn't respond. Then today she emailed me. She's like, just checking. Everything is OK. So then I emailed her and I said, it's really <laughs> it's really not. Things are actually terrible and I'm going to need a break from therapy. So now I'm <laughs> hoping I'm hoping that people don't show up at my house to like put me in a asylum for a few days oh my uh, well we can talk offline but <laughs> are they really that terrible right now things no oh okay I was like Donnie you haven't been sharing with me like are you okay oh, I no. just got very nervous yeah I just didn't know how to tell her I don't like you so <laughs> you opted for saying things are just so bad right now that I'm gonna go I don't you for several therapy. days and I'm gonna leave therapy forever <laughs> yeah well, you know, that must have been really hard for you. <laughs> but this is like when that bill collector or whatever called my mom. And then since I was a gay boy, they thought I was my mom and I didn't know how to tell them I wasn't. So then I talked to them for like three minutes. And then when they asked for my credit card number, I just slammed the phone against the wall and screamed. And I was like, please stop. And then I hung up. <laughs> Did the police come? No, which is like really terrible. They just wanted her to sign up for whatever, a magazine. They didn't care about her safety. <laughs> so Janie's dad and Janie both say no to therapy, leading her mother to talk shit about them under her breath, which somehow leads Janie to have one of her visions of <laughs> saying a prayer at dinner time. Okay, wait, let's talk about this prayer that she remembers. <laughs> she remembers this man, spoiler alert, turns out her biological father, mm -hmm. and she remembers him saying the following prayer at dinner. <clears throat> bless this food, bless this house, may all my brood be quiet as a mouse. <laughs> There is so much to unpack in this situation. First of all, a very clunky poem. We could workshop this. We could decrease the number of syllables. Mm. But again, you know who was writing that? <laughs> Our author was writing that poem. So, you know, oh the God. shoe fits. Also, the passive aggression in this poem, the Rev from Seventh Heaven could never. Because mm -mm. this man, he doesn't bless his family. He just tells them to shut the fuck up. He actually actively <laughs> blesses the food, the house. And then he's like, but all you motherfuckers better be quiet as a mouse. <laughs> what a way to start a meal. If I had that flashback, I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't think I want to go back, actually. I would be so petty. I'll be so goddamn quiet that you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> but that explains that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are people that wouldn't search for missing children. I mean, I guess they did. Her face is on a milk carton. Mm-hmm. 
But the buck stops there. So, to get all these thoughts out of her head, she decides to put them on paper, which is probably what a therapist would have had her do, if we're being honest. So I don't know if she's dumb for saying no to therapy or if she beat the system by skipping the middleman. I think she probably needs therapy. (laughs) I think that she probably needs to get back in touch with her therapist or find a new one. I'm trying. I know. (laughs) So Janie drafts up a letter to the family in Jersey that she doesn't plan on sending. In college, I used to write my journal like this and write letters to people, like my roommate or the boy I had a crush on, whatever. But I did it in hopes that if I died young, it would be published. (laughs) I was like, this is really gimmicky. I think someone would publish this. (laughs) Was I famous by any means? No. Like now, at least if I thought that, I have some kind of following with Instagram and the podcast. But like then, truly, 500 Facebook followers, that's it. What did these letters say? Were they petty? Were they confessing love? Like, what was the contents of these letters? It depends. It depends how I felt about the person. Some of them confessed love. Some of them were very, like, self-pitying. Well, yeah, some of that as well. Like, you're lazy and you always will be and here's why. Some of them were, like, you'll never like me the way I like you because I'm a fat toad who (laughs) catches flies with his tongue. Like that. Wow, the full gamut of emotion. (laughs) Truly. There were more motions in my journal than Janie had in her head, Hmm. which we know is a lot. So Reeve gets his lawyer sister involved. And after coming to the conclusion that Hannah probably kidnapped Janie and passed her off as her birth child, Reeve urges Janie to tell her fake parents this theory. But Janie's head is as bullheaded as it is red. So she refuses and they break up. So the breakup doesn't last long because when this dumb bitch loses the letter in a fully addressed envelope, he is there for her and they reconcile. Now this, when you at the beginning of the episode said the things that you do lead to, you know, consequences, I did relate to Janie here because the wood on the side of my sink, like between the sink and the oven, it rotted recently. Uh And because it rotted, like mice were getting into our apartment. Uh So these people had to come in and replace it and all this. And then that was the end of that story. We were like, oh, it must have been here for a long time. Then recently I was heating up water to make coffee on the oven and Quinn watched the water spout from the hot thing into that little crack, like getting the wood on the side all wet. And he's like, how often do you do this? I was like, oh, well, our our water thing doesn't whistle like it's supposed to. So I do it every day. That's how I know it's done. And he was like, that is why it rotted. I was like, oh, it makes sense. So addressing an envelope that you don't want mailed Uh could possibly get it mailed if you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. That's two actually very comparable stories and two (laughs) equally dumb things that people did. No, I would often, especially when I was Janie's age in high school, anytime I got in trouble, it was because I caught myself. Mm. One time my mom found a note that I wrote my best friend detailing me giving my boyfriend a blowjob. <gasps> like sneaking out of the house, drinking vodka, giving a blowjob. All the details were there. And my mom just left it like it had been folded into, you know, the paper football, like ready to go the next day. And my mom just unfolded it and left it on my pillow. When I tell you, I don't think I've ever experienced my heart sinking into my butthole <laughs> at such a rapid rate. Like the knowledge that your mom knows the style in which you're giving your high school boyfriend 
a braces filled blowjob, there's no coming back from that. Did she ever say anything or that was it? We never talked specifically about the blowjob, but she did address the sneaking out, the vodka mm. drinking, etc. And that's when she started putting circles become circles. That's when she started putting all the bells on the doors of our house. Now, did that stop me? No. But that was her precautionary method was just to put little wow. chimes everywhere. She tried. Mm -hmm. Janie, along with Reeve's sister, finally tells her parents, and they decide the letter was probably just thrown out and not mailed on her behalf, because who would pay for a stamp to mail a letter they find on the floor? But her real parents still should know. So Janie's mom calls her birth family, and Janie gets on the phone to tell them the truth. That's it. The end. For now. So, cuties... If you read the other four books, please let us know how the series ends, because I have zero intention of ever picking up another one of these books, and that is my own personal happy ending. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so sorry, because I do know so many of you were really looking forward to this recap. I'm sure many of you are disappointed. I encourage you to go back. I really did love it in middle school. I loved yeah. it. I was excited to cover this book today. And then I read it and was not so excited anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was relatively revolutionary. It was like a true crime thriller, all those things. But I just think it's so easily accessible today to have books like this. Whenever I hate the main character, it's a tough read for me. I didn't hate Janie, but... The rest, I agree with that you just said. One time on The Simpsons, they went to Disney World for an episode, mm -hmm. and they had Mickey say, we're not the best, we're just the first, ha, ha And that's how I feel about this. Like, at the time, it was probably all we could get like this. So we were like, oh my god, it's incredible. But now there are literally thousands of books like this that the art form has progressed and is better. Yeah, I think that's Because this true. is basically... Like, Pretty Little Liars is this just heightened, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Final thoughts. If we were to cast this book as a movie, who would you cast? All right. So I said as Janie, I would cast Sadie Sink, who is in The Whale, and she's the redhead girl from Stranger Things. Okay. As the mom, Holly Hunter. And Ooh. as the dad, Steve Carell. Because I looked, I wanted them, like, in their early 60s. So if you're not looking for trouble, they could pass off as the parents, but... They could also be grandparents. Reeve Marcus Scribner, who's the oldest son on Blackish, and he was the voice of the brother dinosaur in The Good Dinosaur, oh. if you're familiar. Okay. And then I made his mom Regina Hall, just because I want some comedic relief in this movie. I like that. I was kind of all over the place with my casting. I'm going to continue the theme of casting people from various points in their life and just living yeah. in a universe where it all makes sense. First of all, I think that the way that Janie would come across this story, obviously it wouldn't be a milk carton in present day. Mm. I think that she would see herself. She's like scrolling TikTok and she gets to like true <gasps> crime talk and she sees an influencer being like, let's talk about the story of Jenny Spring. And she sees her picture in the background. Yeah. So I said, Janie is Jenny from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So Sabrina's first friend. Oh, I know her. I'm familiar. With the yeah. curly hair. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, off to a great start. A visceral ew <laughs> from Donnie for Sarah Charlotte, who we didn't even really talk about. Janie's best friend, who is just <laughs> the fucking worst. Yeah. So as much as I hate her and go back and listen to our Twilight episode to hear me break another NDA with some behind the scenes tea <laughs> about this person. But I think Anna Kendrick, but Anna Kendrick's character from Twilight, Twilight as Sarah Charlotte. 
Love that. And then Adam Brody, but like as Seth Cohen adjacent for Reeve, mm-hmm. where it's okay. like he's not nerdy, but he's quirky. And he would be our comedic relief of like, you know, they're driving to yeah. New Jersey together. And he's like, but why don't you blow me? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And that's all I got to. Oh, OK. Great. Two out of three ain't bad. Two thumbs up and one ew. <laughs> final, final thoughts. What about this book aged well and what aged like borders? So aged well and i don't even know if this aged well but it made me happy i liked that the parents were good people and caring parents but were strongly like it was no question about it they were not religious by any means which Mm -hmm. i think was groundbreaking for the 90s especially because when we learned about hannah her interest in god and religion was almost painted like she was into like fucking dogs like they were like isn't it so weird she liked god so i was like oh this is i don't read about things like this often (laughs) so again i don't know if that's aged well or (laughs) not but it made me happy i think a lot of this book was groundbreaking and i think a lot of it does age well in terms of like where the genre eventually went Like, all the puzzle pieces are here. It was just, again, the writing style and the pacing was tough. In terms of what age, like, borders, there wasn't a whole lot that was, like, quote-unquote problematic. But then there was just a lot about the book that screamed 1990. Like, having to go to the library to do any sort of research. Like, that would be a quick... You see your face on the milk carton. You do a quick Google. Oh, shit, I was stolen type of thing in present day. There was talk about, like, cassette tapes, call waiting. There's a whole scene where she goes to Pizza Hut with her parents and, like, (laughs) sits and gets the buffet and the, like, jugs of Coke. And I was like, yep, 1990. Uh Uh-huh. For me, another thing about Borders was... He doesn't act on it, but he tries to push, like, sexual stuff. So there are a couple times Janie says, like, no, I'm not in the mood. My head's not here. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, just touch it. And because it was only verbal, I feel like it's not fully problematic, but for books and movies to be made now where like people are asking consent just to kiss other people, I know this is something that would not be featured (laughs) in 2023. Yeah, but conversely, I mean, we talk about this double-edged sword a lot of like things that age well in terms of like accurately depicting an Mm. experience. Like, yes, borders that like in the 90s, consent was not a thing that was talked about. But I think, again, like in terms of the book forever and the main character Michael I think this book did a way better job of like I don't know my personal high school experience of like you know I was with a guy I really liked and like yeah there was like constant things of like but my friends really think it's weird we haven't had sex yet like those conversations that it's like it's not coercion because like I was into it too but like it was like a constant undercurrent of like the clock is ticking and we need to do it right you know yeah Mm mm-hmm What a thinker, this book. It was. So that is the end of Face on the Milk Garden. Next week, we will be covering (laughs) the book we all thought Chelsea made up, Neighbors from Outer Space by Frances Lance. I'm so excited. It was very hard to find. I think it's been discontinued. I haven't read it since it came out, so God knows what it's actually like, but buckle up. It's going to be a ride. (laughs) Can't wait all right that's all we will talk to you later love Love you like like a sister sister. Bye. bye thank you for listening to i am the cute one a nostalgia podcast if you liked what you heard be sure to give us a five star rating and subscribe to our show you can follow me at real donnywood on instagram and tiktok 
And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Onochels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.